The first reading is Isaiah chapter 40, verses 25 to 31. To whom will you compare me? Or who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each of them by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, my cause is disregarded by my God? Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. The second reading is Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 to 23. For this reason... Ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have, <coughs> I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him as his right hand in the heavenly realms far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Um, well, it's great to be with you all here like this. You, you realise that I've not quite preached in this way for, what, six months now. It feels a bit, a bit strange all of a sudden, uh, but it's a great joy and a great privilege to be able to open uh, the second half of Ephesians 1 uh, with you, or the last bit we're, we're going to look at uh, tonight, verses sort of 19 uh, to the end. Um, now let me share something that I have shared before at the morning services and maybe even in the evening service, I don't know, something about me. Um, I really enjoy Marvel superhero films. Now you might be wearing face coverings, I can still see my, eye, my wife's eyes rolling. 
And Roos as well, I think. So uh, anyway, uh, I love these films. They're not particularly original or inventive, but there's a scene that occurs in nearly every single Marvel film and lots of other films too. It's the scene when the great and powerful hero comes roaring in. So uh, you might know these uh, these films. There's a couple of pictures here. Uh, Basola, I think I might need you to click it on for us. There's a couple of pictures here. One in Avengers uh, Infinity War. Okay, well, don't worry, there's one in Avengers Infinity War, the pictures might uh, come up for us in a moment, uh, where Thor comes riding in and starts destroying everybody. There's one in uh, Avengers Endgame where it's Captain Marvel who comes in and takes out the enemy spaceship that's raining down fire on everybody. Uh, And there are scenes, if you enjoy the movie, if you're into the movie, when that scene comes, there's like a little thrill in your heart. Uh, it's this amazing moment where everything seems to be going wrong and then all of a sudden this mighty powerful hero comes roaring in. We've got one of them there and I think there's another one uh, as well. Um, yeah, the mighty and powerful hero comes roaring in uh, and all of a sudden you think things are going to be all right. Even if you're not into superhero films, maybe uh, you've enjoyed a war film or something like that in the past where uh, the, the side you're rooting for, they're being overwhelmed by the enemy and then the reinforcements, the cavalry or whatever it is, comes sweeping in. And all of a sudden, there's a little thrill. It'll all be all right. There's something wonderful about power on your side. When power's on your side, there's something wonderful about that. It makes you feel better about everything. We're in a series where we're saying what we have when we have Jesus. Uh, And Paul prays that the Ephesian church will know what they have when they have Jesus. Uh, And last week Richard showed us that uh, he prays that they know the hope that he's called them to. The the riches that are theirs, uh, uh, that are God's and his holy people. Uh, And today we come to the third thing Paul prays that they know in verse 19. Pray that they will know his incomparably great power for us who believe. Power on your side. Power fighting in your corner. And not just any power. His, God's, incomparably great power. Much better than any superhero, uh, any cavalry charge, anything else you might imagine. This This is awesome power. Power unlike any other power. And Paul says, what you need to know is it's for you. If you are a believer, if you are a Christian. There's a power on your side uh, that nothing can stop and nothing can compare to. There is someone in your corner. I don't know how you feel right now. There's a lot to be worried about. There's a lot to be anxious about. There's lots of decisions that need to be made, lots of complicated problems that need to be solved. And you might feel overwhelmed. You might feel nervous, anxious, worried, uh, any number of different things. Well, here's a truth. That should quiet an anxious heart. If you're a believer, there is power unlike any other, and it is for you. How do we know that? How do we know that? Well, Paul doesn't just tell them that it's true. He gives them an example of that power at work. That power is the same as the mighty strength God exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Now, I think we have another slide that I showed in the morning service last year. Basola, you might need to click through a few things. There's a few little animations on this next slide. Here we go. 
Uh, This is the diagram that Paul's talking about in verses 19 and 20. If you keep clicking on, there'll be some arrows and things that appear, Bishola. What God's power did is it took Jesus from death to life. Uh, And uh, again, Bishola. And then into the heavenly places. Do you see that three, three stages from death to life to heavenly places? Death is an enemy, according to the Bible, the, the last enemy, the greatest enemy uh, for, the, for the human race. And, and the power that God has can defeat death. And as a fact of history, he has proven it by raising Christ from the dead. He brought him from death to life. Even death cannot stop this mighty God and his mighty power. And that is the power, remember, that is for you, if you're a Christian. Uh, But that's not all. It wasn't just that Jesus went from death uh, to life. Uh, God took him even further up into the heavenly realms. uh, The resurrection is when Jesus goes from death to life. His ascension is when he goes from uh, alive again to be seated uh, on the throne in heaven. That is the power of God at work. So we know that power is real. It exists because Jesus has been raised from the dead and been taken up to the throne in heaven. Uh, But remember, this is power for us. Because this passage tells us that power that was at work in Jesus, taking him from death to life to heavenly places, is power that's for us too. Jesus, as our king, has shown the way. He has beaten death broken it. It is an enemy that is defeated. And now for the Christian, we can be confident that as Jesus was raised from death to life to heavenly places, so too will we be. We're not going into Ephesians 2 verses 1 to 10, but if you were to read on, you'd see that's exactly what Paul says next. You were dead in your trespasses and sins, but God raised you and then brought you into the heavenly places. The same power that worked for Jesus will work for any believer. Which liberates us. I don't know how you feel about death. I, I think recent times have shown us that as a society we're very uh, scared of it. Um, it fills us with lots of anxiety and uncertainty. And, and, and maybe that's your reaction too. But the deeper this truth gets to work within you, the more you'll see that Jesus has beaten death for you. And you can be confident that death is not the end for you either. What a wonderfully thrilling thing to know that kind of power is for you. God's power has given Jesus victory over death for us. But not just that. God's power has made Jesus king forever for us. Because as he was raised up, into the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. God has placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything. That that is saying that Jesus is the unchallenged, unchallengeable king of the universe. No name, no army, no power, no king, no emperor that will ever rise up in the last 2,000 years and in however many thousand years there are until Jesus comes back. Well, it might not be thousands, it might be ten minutes, we don't know, do we? But, but however long there is until Jesus returns, no matter who turns up, no matter what king and what army they've got, this says Jesus is far above them. There will never be an army or a king or a ruler who can threaten him or go anywhere near him. He has been made king forever. And no one can challenge him. Now, I don't know how that makes you feel. 
Uh, maybe there's a bit of you that's nervous about that. Maybe you think, um, well, power corrupts, doesn't it? An absolute power, well, doesn't that corrupt absolutely? Well, I want to say no, actually. Absolute power doesn't corrupt absolutely. No one on earth has ever had absolute power. And if you think about corruption and people having secret police forces or or, um, rigging elections or whatever it might be, doesn't that come because they're afraid of losing their power? It's a sign, in fact, that they're not absolutely powerful, that they have to rig elections or have uh, corrupt police forces or whatever it is to hold them up and prop them into power. Because Jesus knows no one can ever challenge him, there's no danger of him being corrupted. Why would he be corrupt? He will rule with his own character of goodness and love, won't he? He doesn't need to cling on to power, it's his. And no one can ever take it away from him. And the wonderful news if you're a Christian is God placed all things in verse 22 under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for now and all time for the church. Jesus uses his power for his people. What a wonderful thing that is for us to know. He's for me. He's in my corner. He's getting victory over the last enemy death. He is king forever. No one can challenge him. And all the power that he has, he uses for me, for his people. There's lots of ways that will make a difference to your life. We've touched on a couple already. But but here's one more that I was just dwelling on this week. Most of you will have seen, and and Paul will uh, mention a bit later anyway in the notices, if you haven't, uh, that that we're thinking of making a few changes uh, in in terms of uh, how we're going to hopefully meet together again. Um, and I've just realised that in the next few months, uh, and thinking about the student work and things like that, uh, we're going to have to make lots of decisions, and, and things might change, and guidelines change, and, and we're going to try and do the best we can, and do whatever we can as wisely as possible, but odds are, every now and again, we'll make a misstep. What are you going to do at that point? You see, we're all under pressure, lockdown produces its own pressure and uh, the pandemic produces its own pressure and it it'd be easy to just sort of lose it and and sort of think oh i'm fed up with this they're making the wrong decisions Uh, i'm walking away but look at verse 23 jesus rules everything for the church his body the fullness of him who fills everything in every way what that's saying is jesus and his church are the centerpiece of history Jesus fills everything. The universe is all about him. And if you're part of the church, you're part of his body. So you're part of the thing that is the center of the universe. Jesus and his church. In the end, COVID will be a footnote in history. Jesus is the center of the universe. Knowing that will help guard our hearts and our minds. It will make us remember not to let the pressures of COVID, which might be very real, draw us away from the church or push us away from the church. What a shame that would be. To miss out on the centre of history for a footnote. If you're one of Jesus' people, his power is for you and that is wonderful. If you're not yet, maybe take this as a... As a Warning as an alarm bell, as a wake-up call. As a, I need to figure out who this Jesus is. I need to see this power. You, you can read about it in the pages of the Bible. You can talk to anyone here about it. 
Come and find the blessing of knowing what you have when you have Jesus. An incomparably great power for you if you believe in him. I'm going to pray. Father, we thank you for Ephesians. We thank you for all the blessings we've seen that come to us in Jesus. And we thank you particularly for this blessing we've looked at today of his incomparably great power, the power over death, the power to rule forever. And thank you that that power doesn't belong to a tyrant or a despot, but belongs to someone who would rule for us, for his people. We thank you that Jesus is a king like that. Help us to remember that in the days, the weeks, the months to come. There may be many hard things that come our way. And knowing that we've got someone like that in our corner. What a beautiful, reassuring, strengthening, encouraging truth that will be for us. So keep it close to our hearts, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.